episode 30, Super Duper Street Shark. My name's TJ Davis, alongside Emily Schick. Oh, hi, Demi. Oh, hi, Tommy. Um, I know Denny doesn't actually say that, but yeah. it sounded good. You, you could ask if you could watch. I could just eat some wax fruit. Yeah. <laughs> and not close a fucking door or know how to use a chair. Fucking Denny, man. I know, right? All right. Where's my Let- fucking money, Denny? <laughs> Let- let's get right into this. Beer number one today is from Trillium. It's part of a double feature of Trillium beers. Number one is Super Duper Street Shark. Three, two, one, crap. Already and, has a nice smell. Yeah, since it's Trillium, I'm not going to be surprised when it's good. I believe this is a collaboration with somebody, but I don't remember who. Hmm. Bellwoods. Ah. We've had Bellwoods before, right? Probably. God, the smell on this is great. God, the taste on this is great. Once again, truly improving that you do not have to make a 9% beer taste like rubbing alcohol. No, that is fantastic. Yep. Nice and opaque, just the way I like it. It's perfect. Ah, Bellwoods out of Ontario. But it doesn't tell me what hops are in it. It just gives me their generalized description of pouring a hazy, honey-colored orange. Super Duper Street Shark offers dazzling fruit-forward aromatics. Blah, 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 blah. Yay. Yay. Um, so yeah, we've got some beer to talk about. We've got some pop culture stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll probably end up getting political at some point. So we'll yeah, try not to do much too much of that. No, but there's definitely something that we need to talk about yeah. at some point. Uh, but we'll get there. We've already talked about things we want to talk about. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, I might need a little more alcohol for that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's good. So, I wish I could say, speaking of things that are good, but I can't. Um, a couple weekends ago, I also had the picnic vice, and I know TJ already talked about it. This was my first time having it. I remember when the vice series was great, mm-hmm. and this was, you know, not undrinkable, but not a thing that I'd be like, I'm not, excited to pay money for this. Yeah, not, not something I'm gonna go out of my way and ever have again. And, um, Weirdly, I kind of feel the same about the other thing I had that night. Um, so I thought I, I think I've tried it before, but I'd never checked it in. So maybe I just thought I had. Um, I had Sakurapa by Mass Landing. And like Mass Landing is a place that like I generally like their stuff pretty well. I mean, I don't know that they've blown <laughs> me away with much of it, but like, I don't know, maybe 
maybe it was a little on the older side. Maybe I, because it came from a bottle shop that probably doesn't sell a lot of it. But like, I don't know. I thought it was just okay. I um, too have apparently had Sagarapa before back in 2017. What'd you give it? It's smoking Betty's. Uh, 3.75. Okay, so we did the same. Yeah. I don't know. I just... I don't, it, again, I don't think it's undrinkable. I just... I don't know. It, it didn't really do it for me either, so... Oh. You, you two have had it before at smoking Betty's in 2017. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I probably just checked it in. So I like I that's the thing is I used to not check stuff in a second time a lot, and now I do just so that I can remember to talk about it on here. Yep. Like the next thing we had, although I don't think we've had it before. No, I don't think we've had that before. But daily serving tropical punch from Trillium. Uh, I believe we both give it four point two fives. Mighty tasty. I mean, again, it's. It's not that surprising it being something that's coming from Trillium. Yeah, and I generally think that the Daily Serving series has been a pretty solid, like, you know, easy drinking, like, fairly fruity, pulpy, sour kind of thing. Uh, and, yeah, I haven't disliked anything in that series, but I think that one I did particularly like. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, you got a lot of you got some different fruit flavors in there like that kind of mixed well together so it worked for me and yeah i guess uh moving right along i uh we had a couple of things when we were at Coolidge Corner Theater seeing the room Yay. Um, because Coolidge Corner, if you guys are not aware, does serve beer. They don't have a large selection, but they usually have at least something halfway decent. Um, oh, before we got there, though, I, for the first time, had Resistance is Brutile from Mayflower. Uh, yes. Much better name than it is a beer. Like, I, I concur. I want to like it more than I liked it. It's a fine Berliner, but... It's not doing what it seems to be trying to, it, what it seems to be it was trying to do. To me, it almost tastes like a straight Berliner, like one that like the vaguely fruity flavors are coming from like the compounds produced by the yeast that also makes it sour, as opposed to like being able to taste any fruit flavors in it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, for something that's called resistance is fruitile, your fruit notes should be stronger. But like, Indeed. it's Mayflower. How, how surprised can you really be that it's eh? Like again, anything that I say is eh, unless unless we're like, oh my god, that was super shit. Do not buy it. It's like I'm not saying that like no one should buy this. Like, I'm just saying that you know, for me, it was not very exciting or good but like not so undrinkable that i would give it like low you know like even a two something i don't remember what the hell i gave it but it was probably still a three something whenever 
I had it. Yeah, I'm probably like 3.5, 3.75. Yeah, I mean, it depends on, like, again, it depends on what its average rating is and whether or not I feel like it deserves to be lowered. Like, there are definitely things that I give a higher rating than I normally would because it's like, yeah, but does it suck enough for me to lower the rating? Not really. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, moving on, um, at, at Coolidge Corner, we had a couple of beers. Um, Boreal Kingdom was a new one for me by Aeronaut. Um, it's a New England style IPA. It's reasonably solid, but not mind blowing. And that's more or less what I expect from most Aeronaut beers. Like I don't. I don't know that there are any aeronauts. There have been very few aeronauts that make me go, wow, this is really good. And they've existed, you know, but they're hard to think of off the top of my head. But and most that's of it's our, just like, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it, it's, it's honestly like I'm, you know, if somebody's like, hey, I want to go to aeronaut, I'm not going to be like, ew, no, that place is gross. Like, yeah. I, I, if you were like, I really want to go to Mayflower, it would be like, eh. Eh. Like, I'd rather go most other places, but, like, Aeronaut, I'm not going to complain about. Like, I don't, it's like, I don't seek their stuff out all that much, but, like, nothing, they, I don't think I've ever had anything actively bad there, and, like, most of their shit's pretty solid. Yeah. <clears throat> not everybody can be mind-blowing. If they all, if they were all mind-blowing, then it's like, that becomes the new standard, not mind-blowing, so... It's what makes the exceptional stand out. Hashtag Trillium that Hashtag we're drinking trillium. right now. Hashtag beer in a future episode. Dun, yep. dun, dun. <laughs> okay. So uh, the other one we had at Coolidge Corner was Velvet Moon. That's a coffee stout by Mighty Squirrel. Again, Mighty Squirrel is one of those places that it's like the stuff that you do is decent but i'm not really blown away by any of it um and like i gave this a four i thought this was a solid coffee stout like i said i just i mean i don't think it's anything wildly mind-blowing um was this one that was kind of uh it wasn't like a super i don't think it's like a real high abv syrupy kind of stout i think it was a little bit more in almost the irish stout ends of thing end of things yeah i thought it was definitely closer to like uh like a guinness instead yeah. of being like like a founder's breakfast stout yeah and honestly like as much as big stouts can be great they can also be act like they can really be syrupy hard alcohol tasting garbage um and i think that there are a lot of big stouts that even if they aren't bad are really just intense and like you know this being a like what like a seven percent or something just makes it a lot more palatable sm palatable smooth easy drinking like you know, it's got a good coffee flavor, but you still get like the nice roasted notes from the stout. Like this is where like I would say it doesn't really deserve a four because of I mean more than a four because of like the crazy bonkers shit I've had in my lifetime. And which means that it would suffer an 
a style specific rating as well. But again, like four for, you know, a lower ABV stout is not bad. It's definitely, definitely worth it. I would say. Yeah. I mean, style specific, if they're going for like, you know, an Irish stout style, it would be really high Mm -hmm. as like compared against everything else that we've ever had. It's a four, but like a four is still pretty goddamn good. Yeah, and it's not listed as an Irish stout, it's listed as a coffee stout. So then, yeah. again, if you're putting it against its untapped category, I've had better coffee stouts, but, like, they're usually bigger beers that, like, you know, like, this is this is a stout that you could, like, buy a four-pack and, like, sit there and enjoy that all night and, like, not get wrecked and still enjoy your, your time drinking it. Yeah, whereas I feel like we've had some funky Buddha stouts that, I don't know if I could really drink much more than half of one of those bombers. Oh, hell no. Like, there's a lot of stouts like that that I really, really enjoy that you're just like, no. And a lot, I mean, yeah, there were a lot of the Funky Buddha ones that are technically coffee stouts. Like, I think even, like, Last Snow is, like, what, coffee and coconut or something? Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of, there are a lot of coffee stouts out there, some of which are just bonkers, but, like, I don't want a lot of it. Well, like it's I, I want I want to try all of it, but I don't want to like sit there and put back a four pack of them. Yeah, like exactly. Like this super duper street shark is like I could taste wise put back more of these than just one. ABV wise, it's one and done. Yeah. What is this? Is this a nine? Nine. Yeah. Like, it doesn't terribly come across as a nine, which is nice, but yes. it, it's definitely a kind of beer that if you were to try and sit and drink a four-pack, you it, it, it'll catch up to you really fast. Yeah, you like, there, there are definitely a lot of times when navigating the craft beer world that you really need to be, like, aware of what the ABV is, because you will not always be able to tell by taste. Yeah. In fact, a good beer means that you shouldn't be able to tell by taste. Yeah, didn't we have something that was like 10% not too long ago that's like, this does not have that oozy flavor. Yeah. This could get dangerous. Whereas I've had, you know... there duck. <laughs> there are definitely IPAs that I've had that like... Yeah, like once you st- start getting into higher ABV territory with certain breweries in particular, I feel like... It's like, nah, it's starting to taste it and like not in a good way. Um, like, I'm looking at you, Fort. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was like thinking... a number of the high ABV dogfish head stuff, but like Fort, I think, is the most egregious in like this just tastes like rubbing alcohol. Uh, I'm going to counter with Raison Dextra. Oh, yeah, that just tastes like disgusting liqueur is about the best way I can describe that one. It's like that, it's got that stupid cloying sweetness that's fucking gross to me. I was going to counter with 120, but I think, no, the Raison Dextra is their worst. Like, even, even, like, their worldwide stout isn't that bad. It's still thick. (laughs) See, I'd be curious to see what would happen if I tried, like, the 60, 90, 120 minute IPAs from Dogfish Head, like, now. Because I haven't had any of those in so many fucking years that it's like, I don't, 
I don't have any perspective on them anymore since I, you know, like, I think the last time I had them, New England style IPAs either didn't exist or I wasn't aware of them existing because it was still in Northern Vermont only. Damn. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long fucking time. Like, why Why would I bother? I mean, again, like, it, it's like, why they're in this day and age, there's no need to like go back and have, if you like to try different things, there's no need to go back and have the same beer twice. Like, even if I made this like a full-time job that my liver would hate me for, I really don't think that I could, you know, even get through all the stuff I want to try. Like, it's just, it's not possible. Maybe if I were doing like two ounce pours of, literally everything i ever bought but like yeah you don't you can't really do that at all most of the time like you can go to a brewery and get flights but like you can't just like go to a bar and be like i want two ounces and charge me for two ounces and like so give me you know give me shot glasses of like these 18 different beers or something i want to i actually i want you to go up to a bartender and ask for that and i because i want to see if a bartender will punch you in the face or not because they probably won't do it to me but they might for you just hey um can i just get a taste of this side of the menu no, it'd be like walk into a place that has like a massive tap list, like tip tap room, and be like, "Can I have a can I have a taste of uh, everything?" Ah, uh, it's such a dick move. It is. That's what I'm saying. But like, I think that for a woman, they would just tell me no. For a guy, it's like, "Can you make a bartender punch you?" All right, keep it on, keep it on with the beer talk. Um. We, we also had a beer from Branch and Blade. Emily and I hung out played some games. Well, not uh, just us, but... But yeah, yeah. With, with others. Yeah. For uh, like eight fucking hours, and it was great. Yeah, it was great. We had an awesome four-player game of Stone Age that I lost hard, but had so much fun playing. Yes. Because damn it, people, that's what games are about. They're not about winning. They're about enjoying the experience. Did I win anything? I don't think I won a single game. And yeah. the fact that I don't even remember means that, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't care. I don't think I won a single thing. I don't give a shit. It's a blast. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Dan and I beat you in Ticket to Ride, but I, I think that he still beat me. I mean, that was still a fun game, too. It was. And I swear, well, Dan was, I think, purposely trying to fuck you over where I was just needed some stuff that you also needed and got to at first. Yeah. But but like you also got I, I think it was you that made me go around to get to Copenhagen. So. Well, I mean, that was also me just doing something that I need to do to get stuff I needed done. Yeah, but that's an area that, like, it's easier to kind of go a circuitous route than it is, like, where Dan and I, where all three of us were trying to go in that, like, weird section. Mm. 
Anyway, games. So fun. Game. We, games. We, we played games beers. and uh, and beers. Beers. Um, beers. Yes. We so played we actually beers. had a we had a couple of Branch and Blades. Um, I don't know that I'd had a an IPA from Branch and Blade yet. I think I'd mostly been finding their sours because I feel like they're still sort of like reaching their little fingers out as far as you know distro goes but uh we had the dtdh born sinner i i'm going to assume that that's an acronym that i should probably be able to know easily and don't um but colon from concentrate which again not a not a you know firm concentrate is not a bad way to describe that beer. I mean, I think that it was a New England style IPA that was kind of heavy on like the more orangey sort of flavors that come out. And uh, I dug it. 4.25. Like I, I thought that that was um, a solid New England style IPA. I'm excited. I continue to be excited by exploring more Branch and Blade. Um, so DTDH you probably shouldn't know, and I don't know why they did it like this, but doubled the dry hops. Oh, okay. Is what that stands for. Random. I, I think they probably felt that the name was long enough as it was. And maybe, like, that's their acronym that they're trying to make a thing. So, but yeah, no, I mean, no, I thought tasty. that that was, I really yeah. like that a lot. I thought that was solid. Um, and funnily enough, I, so the other one we had was the electric love OG raspberry blackberry popsicle sour. Um, I gave that the same rating and I actually don't know that I, I guarantee you if I look at what its average rating is, that's why I gave it a 4.25. Like I don't, don't do not get me wrong. I do not think that that's a bad sour in any way, shape or form. I think it's solid. I just don't think that it's on par with a lot of the sours that I get. And I probably, but I, but at the same time, I probably gave it a 4.25 because it's average rating is somewhere between a four and a 4.25. 4.24. Okay. So basically it so was it's average rating influenced your rating. And I'd exactly. probably agree with you on that. Like probably should have been a four, but didn't really want to like take it down. Yeah, and I mean, I'm like, so when we say our, our ratings are influenced by average ratings, it's less of a, oh, other people think this is good, so I should think that this is good. It's it's more of a, I like this, and it does not deserve to have its rating lowered by me. Mm. That's it. Like, I have no problem telling people that, but like, I don't know. I'm a nice person. What do you want from me? Yep, I always play good track on um, Fallout. Plus, like, I mean, again, you know, me too. Uh, but yeah, like, Branch and Blade seems to be, I mean, fairly new, still kind of up and coming. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rain on their parade. They don't fucking deserve it. Yeah. So let's just move on from it. Like, they're fine. They're worth checking out. Check them out. Uh, yeah. Next up, we had one ninety nine from Stellwagon. Neither of us had any idea what this was a reference to until somebody explained it to us. Yes, 
Um, it's it's about Tom Brady, because apparently the year he was drafted, he was the 199th draft pick. Yeah. It was fine. Uh, yeah. Like, we both gave it 3.75. So that means we actually lowered it a lot. Yeah, but this is one of those, like, okay. It just really wasn't that good. And that's the that is the exception to that is like if you have if there is a beer that I very strongly feel is not like up to is not at where it the average rating is just kind of off, then I will give it more of an honest rating. Um, I mean, and- I still try to do honest ratings for the most part. Sometime I err on the side of you know giving. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, well, that's the thing is like if it, like that branch and blade, I would say that like the the electric love one, I would probably normally give a four to. I just felt like giving it that extra boost because of its average rating was worth it. Where like, I I don't know. Everything in my life is a bunch of internal calculus that it's really hard to explain to anybody who doesn't live inside my head. Which, my God, if there's anyone living in there. I feel terrible for them. Um, But yeah, this is one of those that it was like, I will say this. There's a shot that it was kind of oxidized because it was something that the, the guy from craft beer cellar had been hanging on to for a while. Um, Mm. And I mean, it didn't taste overly oxidized, but it also, but I will say that it might be slightly better than it, than it, it was it within we perceived it to be i'm still willing to try more stuff from stellwagon yeah and we the other stellwagon we had was halfway decent um wasn't that like airwaves or something yes yeah and that one was more drunk fresh yeah fresher fresher Uh, it really depends on how fast shit turns over All right. Uh, next up, we had a beer from Pipe Dream. You know that place that we know and love for their candy sours made a popsicle sour that tastes like a fucking bomb pop. And yeah. you know what? It tastes like a fucking bomb pop. It does. It's like you took a basic Berliner Weiss, melted a bunch of bomb pops, and tossed it in. More or less, that's exactly what it tastes like. I really hope that's prob- that's how they did it. Because that would be awesome if you just, like, threw a bunch of fucking bomb pops in a bucket and, like, made them melt. (laughs) And then just poured that shit in. Because, I mean, that was roughly the color that I would have expected it to come out. That, like, kind of bluey-purpley mixed with beer. Would have been cool if they could have, like, done a layering effect in the can. (laughs) Um, but but that that would be ridiculous and impossible. That's impossible. Um, you would have you, to have each layer have like a different density. Yeah, and hopefully your beer doesn't separate like that. That would be fucking terrifying, because there is no doing that without. Um, I don't know serious adulteration and like it would be easier to do it in a glass than it would be to do it in a can and have it still come out because that's not how beer is poured. 
it doesn't necessarily pour straight from the top, then the middle, then the bottom. Because yes. that's not how liquid moves all yes. the time. Because gravity is a thing. And orientation matters. So, yeah. If that can if there if you ever have if if that ever becomes a thing, it's gonna be like I am not drinking that shit because I do not want to know how you manage that. As somebody again who's had to play with a bunch of crap in chemistry, it's like, and then after I, consuming it, your your like stomach acids can't actually break down the modifications they did to it, so you just have like these layers that are floating there. Yeah, and then and then presumably. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully you don't like poop your intestines out, but it's probably not going to be real pleasant when you uh, evacuate your bowels either. Yeah. But yeah, I. Yep. Just say no to stratified liquids that aren't like, you know, made in a single glass with different slightly different densities to begin with. Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, we went to the Jeff Rosenstock show the other night at the Paradise, which was a great show. Um, we had some fucking pale ale that neither one of us checked in or even knows if it's from New England. We had more cloud candy, which is from New England and is still just okay. Um, yay, it's still just okay. And no, the, um, like something ox. Oh, yes, that's right. It was from like Wisconsin or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And we were just like, yeah, we're kind of sick of cloud candy, though. So fuck it. Um, and it wasn't good. No, it was not great. Like, um, I think that those were definitely oxidized, though. Yeah, probably. Um, and yeah, so nothing to report from the dice. They still don't have Narragansett. Get on that shit. Yeah. Um, like you got PBR, PBR. Get Gansett. Gansett's better. Yeah. It's not like a high bar, but still. Um, and afterwards, we went to the Avenue and had a couple of beers. Um, the only one from New England is the only one I checked in. Um at least I think maybe I missed one, but whatever the, the one that I ended up getting was another coffee stout from Springdale called Brig. Um, once again, gave that a four. I think uh, that's a fairly appropriate rating. Um, I think that it's again, very much a kind of like Irish stout with coffee, like, you know, noticeably dry. That one might've even had a nitro tap and, um, yeah, again, solid, easy drinking, no complaints. Awesome. Ah, and then I suppose I should talk about the couple of things I had at Thanksgiving. Then I can talk about things I had at Thanksgiving. Yay! Yay. Also, where are you in your beer? Should I be going faster? Yes, you should. Damn it. All right, well, I've been doing most of the talking, so I can catch up a little bit when you do most of the talking. Um, So, 
I'm lucky enough to have a family member who lives near Deciduous. So he brought a couple of Deciduous IPAs. I mean, man, they had some fucking bomb-ass sounding sours right now. And I'm like, I almost was like, I'm just going to drive my ass there today. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> um, didn't fucking do it. Um, anywho, so he brought the two IPAs that they have out right now. It is Brother of Mine, which I should probably look up real quick. Um, it's Citra and Topaz. It tastes like it. There are two really solid hops that I really like. Uh, it was a I gave that a four point two five because nice. I I thought it was, and I will say that both of these opa- um, New England style IPAs had the opacity that I look for in a New England style and the uh, smoothness and lack of like bitterness. Um, they were both really solid. I just I can't explain why I happened to like. Um, wonder a little bit better and that i mean again i'm sure it's basically the same recipe but it's citra mosaic and el dorado and i think that having those three hops together kind of gave it a little bit more interest or balance or something like something that it was kind of an amorphous quality that i can't really figure out and just for good measure i checked in actually no i did have two other things um one of which I was smart enough to check in, even though I'd had it before. The uh, Definitive Particles. It's another New England style IPA from Particles Definitive. Particles is tasty. Um, that's a DDH IPA with Citrus, Simcoe, and Topaz. So not entirely dissimilar from Brother of Mine. Um, but it was quite good. And then the other one that I had that I didn't even check in, but I have actually had before um and somebody just randomly brought it uh is the woodstock in autumn um i feel like i've had that one before probably it's been around for years uh woodstock in is one of those like you know it's it's one of those places like their beer is fine um like if you want something that's like if it's relatively cheap and or like you have somebody who's not like super adventurous they're really not a bad choice but they never made they've never made anything remotely exciting like I, they they tried doing some more interesting stuff for a while that kind of got some distro and uh it was it was like honestly you were better off just leaving it where it is um <laughs> um and yeah, I mean, if I recall correctly, I think that Autumn is basically a brown ale with kind of like pumpkin pie sort of spices. I mean, pumpkin pie spice is the same kind of spice that you use in a whole lot of dishes. I mean, you're talking like cinnamon, nutmeg, whatever. Yeah. So, it, like, it's not a bad addition to a brown ale. It's not a bad base brown ale. It's not a bad, you know, I do really like the pumpkin pie spice sort of flavor in general. It's just like, I'd never fucking buy that for myself. Like, I just, but I don't know. But it's there, man. I'll try it. Oh, absolutely. And it's not, again, it's not unpleasant. If you like, if you like the pumpkin pie spice, but you don't like the gordy sort of aspect to those, or you want something that is like darker, but not like stout dark or whatever, like it might not be a bad choice. Um Again, you know, if you if you can put back a bunch of shipyard pumpkin head, this is probably a slightly better option that's like 
just as easy to put back. Um, but I also feel validated in the fact that one of the one of the family members agreed with me about our feelings on Dam Brew House, where it's like, I'm not excited by their beer, but like, I think that you know, with especially basic styles, they do a good job. Yeah, this is also the person Completely who brought agree. the deciduous, so you know. So it's they like probably know live, a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you live near Deciduous, like, yeah, and you're like, oh, let me go to this place who's, you know, my 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 personal favorite beer from them was the ESB, and it's just because it's a style you don't see here much, and they did it well. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm always going to get more pumped about the people that do, like, amazing New England-style IPAs and, like, crazy sours. But, like, what they do, they do well. Yeah. It's just none of it's terribly exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I had a couple of beers. I had a few beers. I only checked in two. There's a third. And then there was a fourth one that I had wanted to snipe the two cans of to uh, make an episode, but they were gone. Uh, that fourth one was Double Sunshine, because I've never had Double Sunshine. So, apparently, up near where uh, my Vermont aunt and uncle live, they have these, like, lime brown bag things that is, like, partially for charity that you get, like, a bunch of different beers that are harder to find or not canned as often kind of stuff. And then there was a bunch of other bullshit in there, like, koozie stickers i think a magnet so like it's cool it's like 20 bucks and it i think it's four beers plus other bullshit um but yeah double sunshine that was the one that i wanted to try because i'm hoping that it's better than sip of sunshine because i think um, it's sip of sunshine is kind of an overrated beer well again you have to remember that the original new england style ipas are going to now be highly overrated because they're the same thing that's that started the whole movement of yeah. New England style IPAs and they recipe is just outdated now. But speaking of companies that started the whole movement, I had a beer from The Alchemist. Sweet. Its name, Luscious. It's a uh, Imperial Stout, and honestly, I thought it was pretty goddamn good. It was a British-style Imperial Stout. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like, average, uh, I, well, like, I gave it a 4.25. Like, yeah. was it amazing? Was it incredible? No. Was it doing what it was doing really well? Yeah. Did it taste good? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Brit- British Imperial Stouts are actually, oh, honestly, a lot of British beer is very pleasant. It's just not terribly exciting. Like, but it's not a bad place to start with a style. Like, I would, I would argue that British Imperial Stouts are probably, on the whole, more drinkable than Russian Imperial Stouts. I would have to agree with you. Like, Russian Imperial Stouts just get too syrupy at a point. They can. Like, as much as I enjoyed, like, Chernobog from uh, Harpoon, back when Harpoon had that awesome line. 
Yeah, that would that you'd probably if you had if they were like we're bringing it back and you tried it all today, you'd be like, oh, uh, yeah. Like I'd love to try that saison royale again, but I'm sure it'd be like, oh, this is really disappointing. Yeah, everything out of that out of its original, it's it's the same kind of thing where you have to give context to it, like you do with any kind of media, like. Sometimes you have to judge it both with a modern eye and put it in the context of, like, the time that it came from. Indeed. And where our experience with beer was at that point. Oh, yeah. All right, so there's another one that I can't remember what it was, so we're going to skip over it for now. But then the last one I checked in was Mastermind from Fiddlehead. Oh, no. Um... It was a double IPA from them. Uh, it doesn't tell me hops. But again, it's, uh, it's a charity beer where 25% of the sales of it go to the University of Vermont Children's Hospital. So, like, if you see some Mastermind out there, pick it up, guys. It's pretty damn tasty. And money goes to a good cause, so. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, that was my Thanksgiving with beer. Although I did try, um, I feel like it's a Connecticut company, and I should have checked it in. Like, Athletic? Oh yeah, Athletic Brewing. So I have an uncle who enjoys beer, but doesn't consume alcohol. And like, I'm very happy for people like him and Britt, where... We now live in an age where there's a lot of options for non-alcoholic beer that aren't just fucking ovules. Yeah, there there are actual like I like New England companies make basically like New England style IPAs, but you also have like things like hop tea. Yeah. Which well, are pretty solid. So this was supposed to be their non-alcoholic IPA. And honestly, like I think that they were right. It tastes like a Switchback. And Switchback is a brewery that this uncle really enjoyed up around him when he used to drink. So now that he can have something that is analogous to that, While maintaining his sobriety? Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Like... I I mean I would love to see more of that kind of thing like it, it, especially because I've had hops in several different contexts now that are not out, that are not beer and mm-hmm. I think that like it, it's a flavor that translates into multiple media very well hop ice cream <laughs> pair it with the right stuff and sure yeah I I could get on board with that I like I I mean, I feel the same way. It's like, again, you do weed things correctly. Like, it's the same reason. Like, you know, flavonoids Ooh, hot are... Hot ice cream with pineapple and maraschino. With candied pineapple and maraschino. I am fucking on board. Why do we not own an ice cream company? I don't know, man. Now looking, like for, we... now looking for investors? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Can we make one that's cardamom pear? Oh, hell yeah. Mm. All right. Um, 
I think that we have officially exhausted our beer talk. Sip, 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 Oh, it's getting a little strong there at the end. Yeah. Plus we're 45 minutes in, so we got to get this show on the road. Pardon me for struggling a little bit with a 9%. You bastard. I didn't kill Kenny. Yeah, I was going to say, that was pretty amusing. It wasn't like a lot of ha-ha funny, but it was, oh, that's funny. It, It felt like a surprisingly mature humor in many ways for the South Park team. I agree. I thought that the the uh, post pandemic special, post COVID, yeah, post COVID special, which is is set forty years in the future, yeah, <laughs> was pretty awesome. COVID's finally ending. <laughs> and then you know, renowned scientist and philanthropist uh, Kenny Ken- McCormick yeah. is found <laughs> is found found dead underneath mysterious circumstances. <laughs> And it, ha- it was it also brings, brings, COVID positive. It brings the gang back together for one last adventure. Which is, it turns out, a two-parter. That yeah. they didn't announce, like, you had no idea well, going I into mean, it. Spoilers on that, but yes. And we have no idea when part two is coming. I'm going to yeah. guess Christmas. That or New Year. About right. One of the two. But if I don't know if Doctor Who is doing Christmas or New Year special this year. But I would think that they would probably do the other. Because I'm sure that there's some crossover of fandoms between South Park and Doctor Who. And if not, check out Doctor Who. It's campy and fun and weird and stupid crap. <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh I dug it. I thought it was well done. I mean, honestly, I really I like I generally like what they've been doing with South Park for years now. I mean, I was I mean, I also love that they can just be like, "No, we're we don't really care about doing seasons. We'll give you guys some specials now and again." All right? Cool. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, because can, can we chop those specials into multiple episodes? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean sometimes you just gotta push for what you want. I mean, you you have to remember, like for instance, you know, with Voyager, they were the the studio was very resistant to them doing like multi parters at all. They really wanted Voyager to be kind of like self contained episodes, and uh, then the sheer success of futures end part one and two was like sure do a two-parter every season we don't give a shit that's fine because it's like yeah you don't you don't you don't walk away from the success of something like that and be like oh let's never do that again yes i swear to god they probably opened up ds9 for the seven parter that was really ridiculous with them having a seven parter Fucked if I care, man. It was an awesome seven-parter. No, solid, solid show. 
Jeffrey Combs, you want to come on? Alrighty, we are on to beer number two. Beer number two today is again from Trillium. This time we've got Dialed In Double I India Pale Ale, brewed with Riesling Grape Juice in three, two, one. I love every dialed in. Yeah, this is, there this are definitely is ones I... that I enjoy more than others, but it's a series that I haven't disliked any of. Yeah, and this is one I think I just missed out on early on. I don't know why, but... Yeah, I feel like this is an old one. Mm-hmm. Still solid. I think I've liked some of the others better. But I like this one. I feel like my uh, favorite has been the first demeanor for years. Ditto. And I'm glad that you can pronounce that because I can't. Oh, I don't, I don't. I don't know if I fucking did it right, but it's how my brain saw it written out in my mind's eye. You operate that way too, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh. Again, as a person who's got a German last name and German on both sides of my family, I feel like I should be better at that, and I'm just not. I never took German. I never had an opportunity to take German, so I know nothing. You should have grown up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, no, I'm I'm cool. Thanks. I, I, if, if I grew up in the area where my dad's family is from, I guarantee you I would not, not have had the opportunity to uh, learn German. I, I'm sure I would have had the opportunity to, you know, learn how to hunt animals, though. Oh, I thought you were going to say cook meth. I mean, central Pennsylvania, probably that, too. But... Start your own moonshine company. There you go. That's what you would have done. I don't know. There's like a family business or some shit. Probably would have ended up becoming some kind of contractor or some crap. I don't know. Whatever. Just grateful I... I'm not slamming you, family, who still lives there. I'm sure none of you listen to this anyway. But I'm I'm grateful for where I grew up. This is honestly a pretty solid area to live in i absolutely feel you on that dude like so i've always seen myself you know this as the seer of the multiverse of tj where i could see like so many different possibilities that i could have been over the years and easily one of my least favorites is raised by my father like yeah. like i can i can imagine myself you know a four hundred pound neckbeard with the, no social skills or emotional intelligence that grew up in rural areas of Alabama, and definitely has a poor viewpoint on minorities and women. Yeah, probably has a lot of guns too. Hey, not, look. The, not that I have a problem with guns. It's just. I I would I could see me being like wannabe soldier. Yeah, there's a difference between I like guns to you know go to shooting ranges with and, and shit 
And I like guns so I can keep the government off my property. Yeah. I mean, I also really dug the guy that I met in Maine who was like, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a trailer park nearby and there's a lot of meth heads there. And I, uh, you know, shoot guns on my property. So they know that I have them. And it's um, like, I understand. Hey, while we're talking about guns, let's take a moment to get political here. Because okay. you know us here on New England Beer Reviews. If there are three things that we talk about, it's beer, pop culture, and politically charged topics. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> we didn't intend to make it this, but God damn it, we're going to embrace it. Um, yeah, so there were three major trials going that ended this past week. And unfortunately, it was just kind of a wash. Like, thankfully, justice was served in Georgia. Yep. Because, like, you you hunted and murdered somebody. Yep. Um, thankfully, in the civil case against the Unite the Right organizers, that there was... $26 million awarded for damages. Yeah. So, like, that's... Something. Something. Um, but unfortunately, there is an impression going on in Wisconsin. And honestly, I, I can't... I can't fault the verdict of the jurors. I think that they did the job the best they can. But I think that I feel like it was like Colbert who said it, that if what Kyle Rittenhouse did in the eyes of the law is legal, then we need to change the laws that make that so. Agreed. And I, I honestly, I don't know the laws of Wisconsin, right? Yeah. I don't know the laws of Wisconsin, but like, I still can't imagine what he did was legal. Um, the other thing to remember is that like, yes, there were jurors who like, decided this but uh kyle rittenhouse was allowed to handpick those jurors and like i don't no, it was well his de his it, defense team got too much input yes there there was a lot of things that should be viewed as shenanigans in this case yeah i i honestly but think this was a double jeopardy mistrial. is a thing that exists it, it should have been a mistrial um I don't think that the judge was fair to the prosecution. Agreed. I, I also don't think the prosecution was good. Like, the defense did not win this trial. The prosecution lost it. Yes. And, and, like, that's really what it came down to. And it's unfortunate. Because I knew that that's how this was going to end up shaping out. I was hoping that on at least, like, one charge... He would be found guilty, but not guilty on every charge. Just. Yeah. It's depressing. Uh, white privilege wins again. White privilege wins again. Like, again, I am a person who enjoys guns, but I'm also a person who, like, doesn't agree with using said guns to kill people. Uh -oh. If if I ruled America, I would have stricter gun laws in place. I'm not opposed to people having guns. 
I just want a national registry. And I, as a person who would like to own guns at some point in the future, perhaps when I live in a city that doesn't suck at giving out licenses, um, I would actually be 100% on board with being a part of that thing. Like, I, I have no fucking problem with that, and I think I'd even potentially feel better about it. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't have pro- a problem with people owning guns as long as the people owning guns aren't people who should logically have them. I know it wouldn't have helped with Kyle Rittenhouse because, you know, while he didn't take it across state lines, which was something that people had been saying for a long time, but he did not take it across state lines. It was stored in Wisconsin in his friend's gun safe that he ended up taking it from there. So I think that taking it across state lines, if that had happened, would have been a different charge and a different verdict because... Yeah. Should he have had that gun in the first place at that time? No. Should he have even gone down there? Like, like I, I get the... Wasn't he a minor? Wannabe hero mentality. Yeah, he was a 17-year-old. Yeah. At the time of the incident. Yeah. And he was a wannabe hero. So he injected himself into a situation where he might have had that chance to prove his heroism. Like, but this is a problem with young radicalization as well. It's a problem in general, like, in the sense that, you know, yeah, the media glorifies, like, heroes using guns and stuff. And it's like, I understand that guns are, can be tools that are used for defensive situations. But, like, as, you know, most gun enjoyers slash owners will tell you, like, if you bring a gun to, like, a situation that, you know, the worst case scenario is having to draw your gun. You should not be looking for an opportunity to do so. You should be avoiding that possibility at all costs. And it is only your backup, 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 backup plan. Like, I, you know let's call it another social media figure who is, you know, a gun enthusiast, Robert Evans. And Robert Evans has carried to certain situations like protests and stuff where he's functioning as, you know, press. And again, he's like, if you are going into a situation hoping that you will have an opportunity to use your gun, you should leave your gun at home. He's like, that is my fucking nightmare. And it's like, yeah. And Robert (laughs) Evans owns a shitload of guns. Like, and it's like, yeah, I feel the same way. It's like, I, I know that, you know, even if I'm able to get a, like a sporting LTC or something in mass, like it doesn't give me the right to like, you know, even like concealed carry most places. And I am perfectly fine with that. Walk down the street with an AR-15 pretending like you're there to protect property that has no property worth protecting at that time because all merchandise of value had already been moved out of the area. So you were really just going down there to look for trouble. Well, that's kind of You found trouble and then you pulled your gun. That's kind of my problem. Then I pulled out my gun! 
That's my problem with our the foundation of our policing, criminal justice system, et cetera, et cetera, in general, is that it was originally designed to protect property, not people. Yes. And it still functions that way as much as most people don't really want to see that. Um, yes. So if you're a person who doesn't own property, they're not there for you ever. And given the wealth gap that exists inside of this country and so many people that will never be in a position to ever own property, um, I'm looking at you, uh, Tulsa. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. if you don't own property, you don't have value. People not having value, that, then that means are a lot of people of color and since there are so many people of color, there's just an expectation that all people of color with that and people who are visibly poor. Yes. It's. But like you, you can, you can, you can be a person of color, be visibly not poor and still be treated as if you are visibly poor because you are a person of color, which automatically makes them assume you do not own property. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where it comes down to for me is that, you know, human life is not viewed equally in all, you know, across all people of all circumstances. And, uh, you know, again, property is generally seen as more valuable than human life, which is absolutely the wrong way to look at things. Wild. Yeah, it's... I, I, this is a just point. makes me want to kill myself. It doesn't make me next wanna... time. TJ yeah. kills himself live on air. Special, special event, event. <laughs> I was gonna say, as a cigarette smoker, it does not make me go, "Gee, I want to quit so I can live as long as possible." It makes me go, <laughs> "I enjoy this. Why should I stop doing a thing that I enjoy that might like make this all end sooner?" Like. And that's a terrible fucking way to look at it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't, things have not gotten better in my lifetime. They've gotten significantly worse. And, you know, until I see hope for change with that, it's like, I might as well just try to derive as much enjoyment as I can from, I mean, you know, that's what the that's world, what, the way the world is. That's what I feel like we've been saying about like shellfish and other ocean creatures that are delicious. Oh, yeah. Is it like there's probably going to become a point in our lifetime that um, we can't eat them anymore? I mean, hell, we might end up getting that way with land animals too. So you know, like it's going to take us slightly longer with land animals, just because of depends on what it is. Red meat farming, is... unless like there is some super flu that like goes through an entire genetic species, and yeah, yeah but then, boom, chicken's gone. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, again, chicken not as, chick, chickens are not as bad for the environment. It's cows that are really bad for the environment. So, oh yeah, but we're gonna lose the chickens. So that means no more eggs. None. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, yep, <sighs> yeah. Uh, welcome back to scary possibilities, things a, that could potentially happen in our lifetimes. On a less, uh, all corn uh, dies. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> definitely a possibility with like a sin single genetic cultivar because we've more or less wiped out most of the uh, 
um, native species and or polluted their genetics with like the, you know, common cultivar that's out there now. Oh, on, that was um, actually like last time on horrible things that might actually have in our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, on, on a, on a slight, on, on a, going back to pop culture for a slightly more positive note, um, I feel like Star Trek is still a property that I deeply enjoy partially because of, you know, the, it, it does a good job with like depth and world building and all that. But also because like, I feel like it gives me hope that like maybe things won't suck so hard in the future because like, you know, we all know, well, not we all, but like, you know, most Star Trek fans are at least aware of the like vague implications they've made of like intervening times. And we've seen some of it in like, you know, whatever that fucking episode of DS nine is where they go back to like sometime late in the 21st century or 22nd, early 22nd century, something like that. I want to say it's 2024. Maybe I think it's later than that, but like, yeah, it's not talking about the one with the like four riots. Yeah, and Cisco like becomes like the guy. Yeah, I think that might have been like twenty twenty four. Well, um, okay. Still though, like, and the sad part is, is that could actually be a possibility in three years. I, De- I depending on how like housing markets go, it's yep. a distinct possibility for that to happen in the next three years. Yeah, which is fucking terrifying. But like, yep. uh, the thing, one of the things that's always drawn. I lived through World War One. Well, I lived through World War Two. I've lived through fucking nine eleven, two economic crashes, potentially a third one relatively soon, an endless war that lasted for twenty years. Um, shit, there's other shit that we've lived through. I mean, yeah. fucking, we have we when we were born. Reagan was president. I know. It hasn't gotten better from there. No, no. Um, no, nah, Reagan. Reagan man. smash. Yeah, more or less. Um, I, I, but I really appreciate Star Trek for like, it's like, you know, I know that a lot of people are like Star Trek versus Star Wars. And it's like, well, for me, it's Star Trek all the way. But like, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. If we're going to talk about like capabilities it's it's star trek all the way i mean it's not just capabilities it's like actually like not only the franchise i enjoy more it is also i think like a much more hopeful franchise because like star wars is kind of very purposely very removed having a lightsaber would be pretty fucking rad i'm sure that like my first time like flitting it about i'm gonna chop off a leg but hey, robot legs exist in this universe, so I'm fine. <laughs> Look, man, that's rad. But like... also, that is another thing: robot legs fucking exist in this universe. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm guarantee you that robot legs exist in the Star Trek universe too. Guarantee like, fucking to you, cyborg. Dude, come on! Noonie and Sung like made a whole oh. ass guy. You also, can fucking um, make legs for a person who already has a brain. It's not that fucking complicated. Uh, Borg technology. Yeah, that too. 
Um, like you, well, you now that understand artificial prosthesis, that you could analyze more technology. Well, yeah, I mean, but that didn't really get introduced until, uh, I mean, they didn't even know the Borg existed until TNG, and they didn't get all the data that they might need to actually utilize that technology effectively until Voyager returned from the Delta Quadrant. But yeah, still, you're looking at, uh, that would be 2378, 2379 is when you might have a possibility of really using Shut up! I actually know that Voyager started in twenty three seventy one because I'm that much of a I, fucking nerd. I've okay? raised my hands in not knowing. Oh yeah, uh, I might have seen Voyager a few times. It starts in twenty three seventy one. Um, I think you're underselling it by saying only a few times. <laughs> that's yeah. Um, shut up. Anyway, uh. But yeah, so that so DS9 starts in 2370 uh and that means that TNG start ends in 2370 which means it started in 2363. All right. But yep. yeah, new discos pretty rad. I yeah. really I really enjoy the um the, the new uniforms. Yeah, I do too. like dark and awesome. Well, that's like the thing. Vibrant, like yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Like is it. it's like I hate the collars. Hate the collars. I I don't dislike the collars as like a as far as like a dress coat kind of thing goes. Um, I would say they're probably the uniform that I'm most likely to buy first. In the sense that, like, if you remove it looks all of well, <laughs> if you remove all of the. You know, if you remove the combat, you remove the, the like, the thing at the neck that gives you, like, the rank and all that. Um, and probably the same thing with, like, the shoulder rank things. Yeah. Unless, but... unless they're made of magnets. And you can attach the collar one so you can do more casual to the shoulder. And still has that, like, fancy flourish. Yeah. That I... would look rad. But what I'm saying is you could absolutely buy that jacket and like remove most of the like Starfleet shit and like it would still just look like a fancy dress, like a cool jacket that you could like wear out to dinner or something. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if I buy myself like a like all of Voyager slash early DS9 uniform, which is probably my preferred like standard old fashioned Star Starfleet uniform is like. Yeah, I'm only wearing this like very cosplay sort of situations. Like, there's no way you can like make that jacket like not like wow, you're a giant nerd. Whereas the the disco new uniforms, you definitely could. Um, yeah, I dig the new disco uniforms. Um, I still, I think that disco has been very much an even seasons kind of show for me so far because like I've really dug the first two episodes of season four where like season three didn't pop for me as much as season two did. Um, I also really like their story seeding so far for their super story. Agreed. Like, I, I do like that this is a track that is almost kind of serialized. It is. And I, I think that like with the like 90s most tracks, of the episodes stand alone yeah but that there's usually something going on throughout them that makes them connect together whereas like a, the 90s tracks could go more like monster of the week 
Yes or yes and no. So like the except for the final season of DS Nine, not even the final season of DS Nine. Once you get to about season three, season four of DS Nine, it is heavily serialized. Like imagine popping in somewhere in one of those middle of the Dominion War episodes, and you would have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, and that's and that was my problem. I I think I wonder if my problem when I watching it when I was a teenager was so much that it was like more political and not moving around as much, or if it was really the fact that like when you get into later seasons, it is very serialized and it really you miss an episode really, and you are lost. Yeah, you need to know what the fuck's going on because it's like it's it it really describes a fairly you know like a tense long term political situation. I and, I do not miss the days of all right. Don't forget to set the VCR for this time. Make sure the TV is on the right channel so that when the VCR turns on to record, it actually gets it. Because if it's not on the right channel, it's just going to record whatever the hell it is. And that's why... Uh, I, I used to have to re- make sure to set up VCR to record, uh, I want to say, NASCAR a lot when I was a kid for my mom. Lol. Because she would be working, and she wanted to watch the races, and there wasn't, you know, on demand, or even fucking DVR in these days. I'm talking about, like, 13-year-old me. 12 oh, year yeah. old me so you don't even have to go that far back for vcrs to be the way that we rege- we generally watch things like yeah um like but thankfully yeah. at that point there was um a cable guide not not like tv guide the print thing but there was the early version of you know Da, 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 da. Ah, man, yeah, no, that's whatever. not like a TV guide. But like you no. know what I'm talking about. If like yeah. you could look on the screen and see, oh, this show is gonna be on this channel then. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't like program recording, but you could make sure you had it on that channel and program a recording on your VCR. Yes. Record that usually three AM horror movie that I wanted to record. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, for me, it was more like Adult Swim shit. Like, because, yeah, Adult Swim's been around for a long time, kids. Um, So. Why, I remember when there was that bombing scare in Boston that had. um Moon and Nights. Yeah. I was going to say Ignignat and Ur. Yes. You got the names right. I'm nice. impressed. Um, I. I mean, I will say that, like, given. So adult me goes, man, I wish Voyager was a little bit more serialized because they did have some sort of ongoing plot things, but not a shitload. And that was because the Voyager um, like heads of the show were very insistent on that much being more of a monster of the week thing where like clearly with DS9, they kind of were like, yeah, just fuck it. Go go serialize. This was like the first couple of years of, um, is what year did Voyager start? Uh, Voyager started in 94. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So then it's more It's before shows of... like 20, before 24 and stuff. Like serialized storytelling was just not a thing in like the early to mid 90s. But it's yeah. like, um, um, X-Files. Oh, yes. Where X-Files was, like, mostly story of the week, but 
you know, they were trying kind of like aiming in a direction of a thing. And that's kind of how Voyager worked too. Like I, I think that DS9 doesn't get enough credit for being like early on in the storialized like serialized storytelling game. Um like I think that they I think Star Trek did a lot of really interesting shit. I mean, again, it's fun going back now as like a I'm finally like aware that I'm actually a horror fan and going back and watching Voyager again with those eyes and going, man, there's an awful lot of these episodes that are basically like, you know, 45 minute horror movies. Oh, yeah. Like there's a shitload of them. And it's like, yeah, this is not a thing you get in DS9 either. And it's like, it also makes me wonder. It's like, is that part of why I gravitated so much to Voyager? Maybe. Um, But no, like it's, I think that I have my problems with Disco. Like I have a lot of problems with how they've reimagined the looks of various races because the Klingons really bothered me. I'm um, curious to see what Klingons now look like. Yes. Because I don't think we've seen too. current Klingons. But like yeah. the person who looked like the president of the Federation or whatever the fuck it is these days, who looks like she's yes. a quarter Cardassian. Awesome. Or yeah. is that just what Cardassians look like now too? Like that we, would be a we, good question. we don't have anything to base it against. Like she's yeah. the only person we've seen with Cardassian features. Yeah, and I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be But then like the Ferengi like... has like this weird trolley thing going on. I don't want to hate on it too hard. Like I don't think it's terrible. I just think like the mistake is not connecting the um ears to the eyebrows. Yes. That they make them separate ends up hurting it. I agree. I think that like I think that they changed the character designs too much on both Klingons and Ferengi, and that bothers me. Um, there, I mean, there's other things about Disco that bother me. Um, I think that, like, generally the way they handled, like, the Klingons in the entire first season just kind of bothered me. Um, and I really resent the fact that, like, the modern writers decided that when they, when, you know... I think I think the only reason we have like a Klingons have two of of or double the number of like various organs is because Worf made some offhand comment about having redundant organs because like it's an advantage in battle. So if you have two hearts and one of them gets fucked fucked up, you still have a heart to perfuse your body. If you have four lungs, if like you know, two of them get like completely burnt out by some fucking chemical warfare or something. You still have two lungs. Like that was the whole purpose of like Klingons having two of things. And, and like disco perceived it as you have two of everything. They've got two dicks. <laughs> dicks are not a thing that would be a helpful thing to have two of when you are in a fight or flight situation. The whole purpose of that. I, I don't like, know redundancy if you thing. had um. Uh, what's it called? The like tail bit of lizards that comes off, like a a, a detachable penis. <laughs> I mean, detachable penis. Well, that's the thing. Is like, are we? F- 
and then you can get into the argument of are we looking at survival from like a psychological or a physical perspective because like losing your dick is not a problem from a physiological perspective you can survive that fucking injury as long as you staunch the blood flow but like psychologically i think a lot of guys would be like destroyed by losing their dick um all right so immediate thought is if a dick could fall off like that then it could potentially be like lizards and you grow it back if it happened like that though it would mean that the dick would have to fall off with purpose if the dick fell off with purpose then it's the dick decomposing that ends up fertilizing a Klingon egg. And the funny part is, is that there isn't even like, that's like, there is a, there are no physiological uh, precedents for a, a, like a human being having two hearts or four kidneys or fucking whatever like that. Okay. There is physiological precedent for guys having two dicks. Yes. Generally speaking, they don't both work, but there's that one dude who, like, had that whole brief period of anonymous fame and then was, like, probably just was like, all right, this shit is gone far enough. I'm going to go back to my, like, private life. Yes. Yeah. And and if I was that guy, my name would be Double Dick Davis. Just like I mean, tarnish the Davis name as much as possible, yeah, and, and totally like change my name from Davis after that. I mean, the guy does refer to himself as Double Dick Dude, which again, it, you have the yeah. same uh, alliteration there. It yeah. works. <laughs> no, it, it works nicely. All right. Um, we went into a weird direction with Star Trek, but cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're like an hour and twenty minutes in though, so should we wrap it wrap it up with that double dicking? I guess um, we'll talk about Hawkeye next time, folks. I, yeah, uh, we'll talk about Hawkeye next time. Yeah, and then we'll also talk about Hit Monkey at some point. And oh I'll yeah, find, and I'll get you to watch Cowboy Bebop, and we'll talk about yeah. that too. I mean, blanket statement: Hit Monkey is worth it. Just fucking watch it. It's it's actually a super blast. Hit Monkey's worth it. It's also really quick as well. It's ten episodes. Yeah. They're twenty two to twenty seven minutes each. Yeah, didn't know exactly what to expect going into it. Dug the fuck out of it. Yeah, it's fun if, ride. If you're either a Marvel fan or an anime fan, just do it. It's fun. Um, Cowboy Bebop. I, I guess watch it if you're a fan of the anime. It's going to leave you wanting to rewatch the anime. It's not bad. I just wish I liked it more. It's got issues with direction and fight choreography. They should have gotten the fight choreographer for uh, that choreographed Bushmaster in fucking Luke Cage. Yeah. But I don't think they did. The music's fantastic because they got um, Yano Kano. Yeah, uh, who, who did a lot of the yeah, yeah, who did, the, who original did the original scoring. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome in there. But uh, I want to like it more than I do. Yeah. It's still not bad. It's worth watching. I'll see how I feel about it. I feel yeah. like I'm less of a purist about these things, so we'll see. I'm I not just even trying to be like yet. a purist about it. I'm just trying to be like semi-vague. 
because you yeah. haven't watched it yet. There's a lot I like. It's got issues. I mean, I can say that about basically everything, though. But uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Um, we've been Emily Schick and TJ Davis for New England Beer Reviews. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We need oh, we forgot to more. We, need, we uh, forgot to plug the Patreon at the beginning, in, somewhere yeah. before this, but whatever. Whatever. I feel like we were feeling uh, too thirsty in the last episode, so just save it for a quick mention at the end. What do you mean, we? <laughs> Lol. Just, yeah. Well, I'm um, going to throw you under the bus. Come on. Yeah, I know you're going to throw me under the bus. It was a mutual decision. <laughs> it was. I'm still throwing <laughs> you under the bus. Yes, uh, I am the voice, TJ Davis. We've been New England Beer Reviews. Uh, please give us money. It'd be rad. Yeah, it, it, it would be. It lets us know you care because we live in an unfortunate capitalistic society where money is a terrible thing that is necessary for existence. Yay, capitalism. Yay, capitalism. This has been brought to you by Big Capitalism. Submit. 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 <laughs> Watch um, it all collapse in our lifetime, folks. Woohoo! That's going to be a real fun fucking time. Yep. Anyway. So that's the end of the show. Yay! On a, on a bright note. Yeah, exactly. That's we're we're really good at that. We're really really good at that. That's why you're here. You're here because you really really dig our positivity and we make you feel better about the world. Hopefully if nothing else, we make you feel better about yourself. I mean, um, I hope so. And also alcohol can t- potentially be making you feel better temporarily. So yay, we're helping you do that in a more pleasant way. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yay! We're, we're, we're wrapping this up. Yeah, it's we are. It's wrapped up. Last word? But. Good last word. Bye. Bye. Bye.